Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And on today's episode, I want to talk about what happens when leadership doesn't buy in. And this conversation came about because I have been talking to people about change and the process of change. I have been working with organizations um, around uh, learning sessions in, in discussing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. I've been uh, conducting training sessions and listening sessions and facilitating dialogues on racism and privilege. I have been talking about how to impact and in, enact uh, change when it comes to difficult conversations, uncomfortable topics, things that make people want to shy away from it because it is they see it as being more political or more personal and nothing and having nothing to do with business, everything around Black Lives Matter, everything around um, the the rights of, of, of gay and lesbian and bisexual people, all of these different things that are people issues and human issues. And believe it or not, there are some leaders who don't see it as being important. So what happens when the people in your organization, when you and the members of your team feel that something is important to you, but leadership doesn't buy in? And when I talk about leadership, I talk about people at the highest levels, the C-suite, um, those with the decision-making power to either uh, support something or to crush it and bury it. So what do you do when you're having a learning session or, or have a facilitator come in and you're doing discussions and, and open forums and leadership is disengaged? What do you do when you're on a Zoom call and you're encouraging everyone to share what they think and what they feel and you're trying to create a safe environment for people to want to share and want to be vulnerable and want to be transparent and leadership turns off their, 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 their video and they don't participate and they don't make one comment. What do you do when you're having breakout sessions or you're trying to do a visioning session or, or a strategy team and, and, and leadership is not there. So what do you do when you're trying to impact change and you're trying to make an impact and you're trying to influence the way things are in your organization and make changes for the better and your leadership has checked out? How can you create and sustain change if leadership is not involved? Well, I want to talk today about the power of each of us when it comes to creating momentum and maintaining momentum. I want to talk about the power of leading from within. I want to talk about how do you shift the focus from always looking to leadership at the top who may have completely other, you know, a whole lot of other things going on and, and a lot of other things that are, that are uh, vying for their attention. And it's not that they're completely disengaged or don't care. It's that this isn't something that they can really focus on. So what do you do? 
So I want you to take out your pen and paper or you know, take some notes on your cell phone or on your computer, but I need you to understand when it seems like leadership has checked out, it's not because they don't care, not all the time. Sometimes it is, but I'm talking about issues where you have received some support, you do have to make some argument for continuing, and you know that they believe that this is something that's important because it's something that impacts employees and because it impacts employees and engagement and, and leadership and productivity and, and outcomes, it ultimately, it ultimately is important because if your employees are not happy, if your employees are not engaged, if your employees feel as if nothing is going to change, then they start to disconnect and then you have other issues. So what happens if leadership seems to have checked out. What do you do? The first thing is sometimes you don't need to include leadership in everything. And what I mean by that is there are certain meetings, certain training or learning sessions, certain workshops, certain strategic planning sessions, certain visioning sessions. There are some times where leaders don't need to be in the room. They don't have the bandwidth for all of that. They don't have the bandwidth to go into the weeds of the process, especially if they are more concerned with the overall um, big picture vision of the outcomes of the organizational process, of the strategic plan, of what it means and, and how, to, how to pivot still as a result of COVID, how to bring about and innovate with new products and services, how to ensure that their um, they're creating a pipeline for additional projects or business and how are they going to ensure the longevity, the prosperity, and the profitability of the company as a whole. So if they're thinking about all of that, they don't need to be in the weeds with what you're doing right now when it comes to having a meeting or a learning or a talking session about diversity or equity or inclusion. They don't need to be in every meeting. Maybe they only need to be involved in some meetings where high level decisions need to be made regarding a strategy and next action steps that require their approval. Yes, you would love for your leaders to always to be involved in everything and be in, and be a part of everything. And sometimes it seems counterintuitive that they don't need to be in the room but they don't, not all the time. There are some things that they just don't need to be a part of. And they don't need to be a part of it if one, their presence is going to be misconstrued or misunderstood as being completely disengaged. Two, they don't need to be in the room if the community and the environment in which your, of your company and, and your organizational structure is one where people don't feel comfortable and they don't feel um, open to being transparent and vulnerable and real in those sessions. So, so their presence would actually shut down a lot of the dialogue that you wanna see. Thirdly, they don't necessarily need to be in the room if you're not certain of next steps and decisions that need to be made. A lot of times, leaders aren't involved in the weeds. They're not involved in the process of talking it through. Their focus is on making decisions. Their focus is on taking action. Their focus is on what's next and what does this mean for us as a company. 
And how does this tie into our big picture? So one, they don't always need to be in the room. Two, leverage your leader's attention appropriately. And what I mean by that is bring to their attention the things that are pivotal, the things that are important, the things that you definitely need their support on and the things that you definitely need their authority to enact and the things that you definitely need to, to loop them in on. They don't need to be involved in all the details. They don't need to know every single thing that's going on. That's part of the reason why they have managers and supervisors and other people who are leading this work. They can't do everything. So leverage your attention or the attention of the leaders accordingly. Understand, you don't need to bring them everything. Be discerning about what you need to share and what you don't need to share. When you come to pivotal points, make sure you have all of your ducks in a row. And then bring things to them and meet with them. And you may even have separate sessions just for the leadership team, the C-suite team. Because their thinking and the things that they are concerned about most happen to be different than the things that everyone else is, is concerned with. Not that diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is something that doesn't impact everybody. Not that uh, impact, not that looking at the change that's coming about for, um, you know, with the organization is not impacting everybody. It's just there are different levels to it and there's different ways of approaching it based on your level in the company or in the organization or your, your responsibilities. How big of a vision you need to have and how much you need to see and deal with on a day-to-day -day basis determines how much detail you need to, you need to go into. Because if I'm responsible for and thinking about big picture all the time, I don't really need the details of how the decisions are being made. I just need to know the options for the decisions. So this is something that I want you to understand. And, I, and, and, and the third point is please don't take this personally. Whether or not your leaders are actively involved in every single facet of your change process doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean they're disengaged. It doesn't mean that they checked out. It doesn't mean that they are not supportive of it. So your third point, don't take it personally. Don't automatically feel that just because they're not involved in every single detail that they don't care. Don't take it personally that just because they're not responding to every single email that you copy them on, that they don't care and they're not involved and they're not supportive. You wouldn't be doing it if they weren't supportive. You wouldn't have the okay to start implementing if they weren't supportive. So don't take it personally, but be very intentional about what you loop them into. Have candid conversations about what is required and what they really want to know and what they're giving you the autonomy to be able to make decisions on and act on. Have these type of conversations beforehand so that you know what it is that they are willing to do, have the bandwidth to do, and what you're equipped and empowered to do. 
you can't start this process. You can't continue change. You can't support change unless you are setting yourself up for success. Unless you are tapped into and transparent and honest with your leadership to find out exactly where they stand. Because if your leadership is not supportive, now what? How do you impact change from the quote unquote bottom up? How do you lead from within so that a movement begins within the organization that is led by committed employees that have a plan of action and they understand the ramifications and the impact and the ripple effect of their actions on every other facet of the business and they make a good case for why what they're doing is necessary. So I've talked about what you look at and, and, and things that you do if it seems like your leaders aren't interested in being a part of everything. They don't need to be, not all the time. But on the flip side, what happens if they actually are disengaged? What happens if they really don't think that this change is necessary? What if they have a reason for saying, you know what, we'll do that, but not right now, because there's so many other things that we have to focus on. What do you do if leadership is actually disengaged, if they actually don't care, if they actually don't think that this is important? What do you do then? Well, you have a choice to make. You can either go along with the fact that this isn't something that needs to be done and, you know, keep your mouth shut and your head down, or you can make a decision about making a case for what you want to do and how you want it done. You can bring together groups of employees, put together a team, come up with a rationale, come up with a business case, tie it to specific company outcomes, tie it to specific company goals. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in particular is something that's always seen as an add-on. It's always seen as something, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. It only rears, you know, comes to the forefront as far as attention whenever people are, you know, faced with some other instance of police brutality or there are social, uh, dem there's de demonstrations going on and, prote and protests going on and something happens in the news that causes people to think more about it. But if you want true transformation in your organization, if you want to have a situation in, in where the people in your company are empowered to make decisions and are empowered to cause shifts in direction and to expand the focus, then you need to be organized. Get together, do a survey, find out what people really want to know. Find out what their top three pain points are. Find out the things that they really want to do. Find out the top three things that they want to see happen in the company. Then put together a group or a committee that meets, that's representative of a cross-section of the organization, that meets on your own time and, and comes up with what you really want to see happen. Gain support. Band together. Lead from within. Far too often, we leave the process of change up to leadership. Far too often, we tie the success of initiatives to leadership. And we say, if the leaders are not 
bought in completely, if the leaders are not engaged completely, if the leaders are not giving us direction and showing up at every single meeting that we have, then this isn't going to happen. We lay the blame at the feet of the CEO, of the COO, of the, the senior VP. We lay things, at, we lay our failure to enact change at their feet. But they're only one person. They're only a handful of people. Yes, they have power within the organization, but the whole of the organization, the employees, the staff, the people who are responsible for doing the work, for touching the clients, for implementing the policies and procedures, for getting the sale, those people have power. Those people have the wherewithal to take the initiative to bring about change, to have different conversations, to come up with a vision of what they see and what they want that ties into what the company is already doing, that makes a case for how what they want to see is going to make the company better and is going to attract better talent and sustain your initiatives and, and create success and allow you to be more productive and allow you to retain talent. Tie it to the big picture. You do not have to say that just because a CEO or a COO is not bought in and is not engaged and does not believe that your organization cannot move forward. The CEO of Wells Fargo came out with a statement in an interview that said that the reason why there were not more black leaders and black people at higher levels of the organization is that there was a, a lack of black talent to pull from. That was a horrible statement because one, he's assuming that they know where all the talented black people are. They have access to every single pool of qualified people who are talented that they can pull from. That their hiring practices and onboarding practices and recruitment practices are not laden with implicit bias. That statement alone was laden with implicit bias. But even though he may think that way, what about the recruiters? What about the HR department? What about the HR manager? What about the people who are responsible for hiring and onboarding? What about everybody else? You don't have to follow the status quo, especially if the status quo is one that is flat out wrong. You don't have to. There is more strength and, and knowledge and opportunity within organizations based on a, an approach of leading from within where everyone has a say and you get a group of committed people together who want to see change happen and who are committed to seeing the process of change come to pass and seeing it through being present and being committed for the long term, the marathon, not just the sprint. So even if you're in an organization where it seems like your leadership doesn't believe, if it seems like your leadership does not think that this is something that's worth their while, if your leadership doesn't believe that this is something that we need to turn our attentions to because we have bigger fish to fry, you know what? 
Let leadership talk about what they want to talk about. Let leadership focus on what they want to focus on. But put your plan together. Come up with your initiative. Come up with your strategy. Come up with your vision. Tie it to the outcomes of the company and make your case. Don't take no for an answer. As long as what you're doing is going to make the company better, it's going to create a better environment, it's going to allow people to create and, and be a part of a welcoming, open, transparent, inclusive, and diversified community, as long as it's for the greater good, don't back down. Don't take no for an answer. Don't accept their disengagement as being a, a, a no and saying that you can't do it. A small group of committed individuals, a small group of committed individuals who have vision, have drive, and are able to see how what they want and what they desire is best for the company. You can't argue with things that are in alignment with the company's vision. You can't argue things that will ultimately lead the company to be better or the organization to be better. You can't argue against things that are going to lift morale and, and encourage engagement. You can't argue against things that are going to make you stronger in the marketplace. You can't argue against things that are going to spur innovation. You can't argue against things that are in line with your growth plan. You can't argue with things that are going to make you more successful and more profitable. So stop taking no for an answer. Do your work. Lead from within. Take the initiative. Align what you want and what you believe to be important. Align with others and create a plan and a vision and make sure that it does those things. It, it makes a case for how your company can be better. It makes a case for how your organization can be better. It makes a case for how your people can be more engaged. Make your case. If your CEO or your leadership team or your C-suite seems to be checked out, one, make sure that it's not because they have bigger fish, fish to fry, but two, make sure that you're creating the, the best case. You're doing the work. You're bringing it to their attention. They don't want more problems. They don't want more issues to deal with. They don't want more fires to put out. Bring solutions to the table. Tell them how this is going to work. Have things lined up in terms of how it can be done. Solve a problem before it becomes a problem. Design a solution. And I'm not saying to, to create a, you know, stage a mutiny or a coup. I'm saying take the initiative. You're a leader too. Every single person in that organization is a leader too. Why are you only letting the, the, the thoughts or the decisions of one person or a handful of people steer the ship. Ideally, you would have them on board and they would be supportive and they would, you know, give you the resources and, this, and, and whatever you need to be able to make this happen. 
But you know what? A lot of times you have to prove it first. I know, I know, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. But you still have to prove it. You have to make a case for it. You have to come together with a vision and a plan and get other people on board. How is this going to happen? What do we need? What is needed to make that happen? And, and set things up for small victories. Pick the low-hanging fruit first to gain momentum and show that this will work. Don't come out the gate with a huge initiative that requires changing everything about the company all at once. Instead, celebrate the small victories. Plan for and celebrate the small victories. Create a way of people to feel good and to achieve some measure of success very early on. And then you use that as an opportunity to show that this can be done. Build upon the success. Create a scaffold. Build upon the thing that happened before. Create your plan. Tie it to the vision. Tie it to the long-term strategy and implement things that are gonna be successful immediately. Low-hanging fruit. It's not that difficult. Stop looking for all the reasons to say no and find just one reason to say yes. Stop focusing on the things that are going to make it difficult and start looking for the things that will make it possible. Stop figuring out ways of giving up before you even get started and start looking at ways to build momentum and continue your success. So yes, it would be ideal for leadership to be engaged. It would be ideal for leadership to participate in every single workshop or training session or learning session or open discussion. It would be ideal if your leaders were working right next to you with their sleeves rolled up and, and marching and having a commitment and, and, be, and sharing and being vulnerable in your sessions. Yes, we would all love that. But in the world, in the business world, it's not the case. That's not how it works. That's not what happens. So what are you going to do? How are you going to lead change from within? How are you going to rally the troops? How are you going to spur engagement? How are you going to foster an environment of leading from within? How are you going to impact the world around you? What, what ripple effect are you going to create? How are you going to offer something different to the people in your organization that is going to make them more engaged, that is going to provide more long-term support, and that is going to sustain success? What are you going to do? I remembered when I was, I was younger, I was, I was complaining. Um, I think I was in high school. I was complaining about things that weren't right and that you know somebody should do something about, you know, um, things that weren't right in school and, you know, and, and, and things I saw that were wrong in the community. And, and I was just railing about the fact that somebody should do something. 
And my mother stopped me in my tracks with one sentence. She said, Keisha, you are somebody. Do something. So I leave you with this. When your leadership seems disengaged, when your leadership seems that they're not really in support, they're only paying lip service, when your leadership is too busy to be involved in the process, somebody should do something. Yes. And always remember, you are somebody. There are several people around you and you are all somebody. Be the change. I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, please reach out to me on my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. And let me know how I can be of assistance and, and support you in your journey of creating and sustaining and equipping your people to embrace and manage change in your organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the Cars Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and stay sanitized. Bye-bye.